Hello and welcome back to the First Course Club podcast. I am joined by Hannah as always and today we have Jade Paveley. Jade is a championship winning rally driver. She started off as an amateur karting sensation and turned into a record-breaking professional motorsport driver competing all over the world. A beacon of change promoting girl power in the motorsport. We welcome Jade Paveley today. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I can't quite claim to be competing all over the world right now, but um, I look forward to... uh... Doing more competition. Soon. Yeah, we'll we'll big you up. We'll big you up. Yeah, I know. Soon, soon you'll be there. <laughs> so thank you for joining us, Jade. Really interesting that we've got another podcaster on. Um know, which, is, which is a first for us. Yeah, a bit of rivalry. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, it's it was something I had kind of had to do something during lockdown because there wasn't any motorsport going on. So I thought I love asking questions. So I'm just gonna start interviewing people and see how it goes. But it's been really good fun actually, but I haven't done it the last like month or two because I've been trying to chase sponsorship and mm-hmm. I'm sure I'll come round to it in the interview. But yeah, so uh it's had to kind of quiet off a little bit, but it's been fun and, and well done to you guys as well. This looks like it's going really well. So fair play to you both. No, thank I'll, you so I'll much. I'll take all the credit for, for it doing very well. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Joe, it's your intros, mate. I know, that's, that's what gets really me in the followers. <laughs> <laughs> um well brilliant jade so we'll kick off um at the very start of your career then if you don't mind if you could just take us through your early career um perhaps your education how it all started um and just the very start of your journey yeah i, I certainly can um you probably wouldn't necessarily think this with motorsport or like what i've done but i was a real proper school person i love going to school i loved education i love learning i still do now I'm a proper history nerd, really, but um, <laughs> I was really dedicated to school. Um, but I didn't go to university um, because my racing career kind of started. I say career, the experience within motorsport actually started for me from a very young age because my dad always competed in motorsport. So I just grew up around motorsport. And um, when I was 15, my dad took me to a kart circuit. And well, actually, it was maybe a week or two before my 15th birthday. And it was around my 50th birthday. I actually drove a, a co-kart for the first time. And that's oh, wow. where my addiction started. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, so I started when I was 15. But I, I very much, again, as I said, I was very much into my studies and making sure that I got my A-stars and so on so for GCSE. And I kind of balanced the both of them out, really. It was kind of... I used to get quite nervous about racing. Um, I still do to an extent now. But I kind of offset the nerves for like tests at school with the racing at the weekend so it was kind of like quite intense time for me actually in that those kind of year 10 year 11 um times at school but I I loved it and with motorsport once you start it's very very hard to to stop because of the adrenaline you get the social life that you get the friends and the contacts and it's very very as I said addictive so when I started at 15 I, I kind of didn't really ever see an end and at 28 now I don't see an end of it either really it's just developed in such a different way but I was I was lucky that dad was into motorsport because he's been able to guide me as much as he could um and I started driving when I was about seven just around the farm so oh my God. <laughs> it was good but a lot of cushions involved and propping up but yeah so that's where and, I started really. And was there was there a time where the education side kind of drifted off or I suppose you, you mentioned you didn't like the, the the sound of going to university but what was the sort of point where you thought you know what like I just want to start this as my full-time career? So um when you get to that point in sixth form when they're like really loading on to you about going to university I think I just stopped and went well hang on I've kind of got ambitions of what I want to do 
I don't necessarily need to go to university, not to be arrogant, um, just simply because I thought, well, hang on, there's a path that I want to carry on with. And mm. I, from my interpretation of going to university, it was because you'd need to get a job and that was helping you to get a job. Whereas I thought, well, my family at the time had a cart circuit. I was working there um, alongside competing. And I thought, well, I don't know if I really need to kind of do that step to then go back into a job and have those few years out where, you know, obviously university is very expensive. Um will I be able to balance that and I think I was just thirsty to learn something outside the classroom mm-hmm. um so that's why I didn't go really although at the time it was I wouldn't quite say frowned upon but my teachers were all quite concerned because I was like an A student um, yeah. and they were like are you sure about this but they didn't really give me any other option so I had to kind of really push to say like no I, I don't want to go but I did still do my UCAS form and I did get into Nottingham Trent to do art interestingly mm-hmm. um <laughs> or marketing it was one of those two courses I don't remember which one but I just thought no I'm, I'm not gonna do that I'm gonna try something else so although um I do race and um, I've been really fortunate for the opportunity with racing and rallying um to get free or paid seats I still do have a job alongside that to support that mm-hmm. um because yeah it's a very competitive field and there's not a lot of people um that can say yeah I do this full time you know yes there are certainly there's drivers that do get paid full time but it's still a little bit sporadic for me so I have to do I do have to work for the family business very hard to ensure that I can afford to pay for the gaps in between those jobs right okay and and so just taking a step back then just in terms of Joe and I just recently had a conversation about the taboo around not going to university so did you face any conflict whether it's from your friends family you mentioned teachers briefly, but was there any other taboo? I suppose it helps you that your family were all into motorsports and that helped in a sense. Uh, yeah, I think, well, as I said, I think I just got to the point where I thought I want to learn something different and I kind of had enough of learning a set piece of information from teachers that were feeding us and we had to write, you know, obviously you the coursework, you have your exams. And I just kind of mm. wanted to get outside the classroom. And as I said, I've been really school orientated, you know, I was in the school council I was deputy head girl I was really you know fed into the system I really I said I really still love learning now um but it's just I thought I just wanted to do something different so I'm pleased I put the application in because at least I went through the stages and I can't say now that I didn't at least put forward myself and if I wanted mm-hmm. to get back into that system and go to university or do a um part-time degree or something then maybe I know how it works so I could um but yeah the teachers weren't that impressed they're like this didn't even give me another option um mm. and there was 200 and something students in my sixth form I think and I was I think one of five that didn't go to university out of everybody so it was hard though when the first kind of few months when all your friends suddenly disappear and they're off doing their own thing going to different universities across the country you know having the best time going to freshers week and getting wasted every day um, <laughs> so and that's you know something and it is it's not just the education side it's obviously the lifestyle as well and obviously I stayed working for the family business so you have a slightly different approach to how you do things and you maybe grow in one way but university and I saw it firsthand with my friends that they do grow in a different way they had the opportunity to express themselves with what they wore you know they had different life experiences to what I had Mm -hmm. so I wouldn't say that there's a right or wrong way but it's very different for every person but I'm pleased now that I didn't go but I think I did after those first few months obviously had a bit of like oh gosh have I done the right thing and maybe four or five years afterwards after seeing my friends you know go through all this I thought oh 
should I have actually gone would I have made something of myself with this especially if the racing's not been going very well I think oh gosh did I make the right choice but um it's worked out very well for me now I don't have any student debt or anything like that to worry about yeah definitely Just... so, so sort of taking it back to so when you were making that decision you said look I'm going to go on my own go my own way I'm not going to go to university what was the first step from there because it's quite a courageous step not to follow the norm and, and go and do what everyone else did but what, what, what point did you think, you know, I really need to kick on here, I really need to make something for myself? Do you remember that sort of moment at all, or was it just sort of uh, jump straight into it? Yeah, do you know, actually, weirdly, I do. I remember being in my bedroom, like, reading through, I think it was a history book, and I'm, I said I'm a proper history nerd now, but I remember going through this and thinking, I don't want to do this, I don't want to keep doing this. Like, I don't want to keep going to, and to be honest with you, teachers make a big difference, I think. I had amazing teachers for GCSE, but the... Some of the ones in sixth form I didn't quite gel with quite as well, although I tried very hard. Um, and I just didn't, I just thought when I was sitting there reading this history book in, in my bedroom, I remember in my very messy bedroom upstairs, I thought, mm-hmm. do you know what? I don't, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't. And I made the decision and I went downstairs to tell my mum and dad and they're like, you got to do what you want to do. You know, if, if that's the right thing for you, as long as you thought about it carefully. And at that moment, I was like, right, that's it. I'm not going. And I kind of stuck by that. And I was quite surprised that I just wasn't given any other option. Um, and I got my, I did, as I said, I got into the university that I would have gone to. Ironically, my younger brother, he went there and he got a first, which is great for him. I'm very right. proud of him. <laughs> yeah, well done. Um, yeah, it was very good. And my youngest brother, Max, um, he has just completed this very weird first year of university got sent home after the first six weeks um obviously with covid um so my two brothers they've both gone but yeah i I, I didn't so you had to stick your ground and if that's really what you want you do have to dig your heels in really yeah i think especially in sixth forms now if we're the teachers i think i don't know about if it's every single school but i'm sure we we had to pay £25 to even apply to this UCAS thing. Like that was a, a standard. You couldn't get out of that. Yeah. And then also the schools mm-hmm. got a, a rating like um, on the percentage of students that actually got into university. So it's all kind of forced. I feel like the teachers were quite adamant to, to make their students go to university. Yeah, but if they should have. I think it's, it's a bit naughty, really, if it is just the ratings. Hopefully it's not, but it's just, they, you know, especially motorsport, there's so many different opportunities and there's so many ways to get involved with that. Um, I totally mm-hmm. agree. There is some, you do need to have um, the education with the engineering side. You can't, I don't think you could just jump in and be an aerodynamic um, development engineer or something. You know, you need to have that mass behind you. But yeah, certainly yeah. It, it was, there's different options for different people and it, not to be frowned upon. What was your next steps after that then? All your friends that started going off to university had different career paths. What did you do? Um, so if I take back, yeah, so 15, I started competing in carts and then 17, I, so that was, I remember it was around the same kind of week as my AS levels um, and also my driving test. It was all like, the oh, same, no. like <laughs> yeah, it was, it was like <laughs> three in a row. <laughs> Oh, honestly, it was like, um, it was May. And I think my art exam was like May the 10th or something. And then I had my driving test on the Tuesday. And then the next day, I was, or the same day, I was driving up to Croft, which is the race circuit up north. Um, and the first time I drove by myself after I passed my test was around the Croft race circuit in an MX-5 race car. So that was really cool. Um, I remember just being like, oh, I'm by myself. That's really cool. Um, but 
that was yeah crazy week so that was when I was 17 and that was a brilliant opportunity I was really fortunate having only raced for a matter of years and then getting that seat where I could start competing for a manufacturer team which is really you know the dream really um so I did that for a couple of years on and off did a couple of races with them I didn't do many but I did a few um where the, the opportunity arose um and alongside that I was working my parents cart circuit and then we got to 19 and I moved to North Wales and my dad took over a car dealership and we moved up there and then two days later I started working on the service department of the Honda dealership and then right. again two months later in May May's always really busy month for me I did my <sighs> first rally um which is a different type of motorsports so you've got racing and rally um and the rallying was self-funded initially um so rallying is where you go around stages and it's a timing element. So you go from A to B as quickly as possible. You have maybe like 70, 90, 100 cars competing and it's whoever gets the lowest time with all these combined stages, if that makes sense. And then wow. racing is where you go around a race circuit. It's how many laps you do first. Hopefully I've explained that correctly, but it's a bit like rugby yeah, that makes football. sense. Yeah, so I think racing is a bit more familiar to a lot of people because of the Formula One. So I tried this different route of motorsport, which is rallying, because that's what my dad did. And um, I started working in the Honda dealership, North Wales Honda in Sladidno, and started rallying as well. And then I did, on the rallying side, I moved into a Subaru Impreza, which I did a motorsport news championship and I got up to fifth overall and unfortunately I rolled my car, which was very expensive and very time consuming to fix. But I was doing, we were getting faster and faster. Me and my navigator were really happy. We were, you know, really getting some fantastic results and we would kind of getting really to grips with everything. And I said, I got fifth overall in this championship and then I just pushed too hard and ended up crashing and rolling. But that's a kind of hand in hand with motorsport. Came back, wow. got into the car once it was rebuilt and then won the Welsh Tarmac Championship, the junior title and my class and which is great and then alongside that yeah it's, it was you know absolutely fantastic but at the time I was also working full times then in sales in the dealership so I was um working as the assistant manager in the dealership um and moving from the service department to sales and car sales can be quite challenging at the best of times um when you're a 20 something year old female <laughs> so yeah, that was a challenge um but it was a brilliant experience, but I would literally be in the showroom all day doing my best to sell cars for the family business and then driving hours to a rally stage and then getting up early and competing the next day. And that's kind of that balance was interesting, but, uh, you know, it was it was hard work. Yeah, it sounds it. I mean, I mean, I think most of us here are just usually sort of do one job and then a hobby on the side, but you're doing... You know, you're working for the family business, which is intense anyway, and then you're doing what well, I say a hobby, but you're competing at a high level. So, where did you find that you had like, this energy and um, this drive from? Pardon the pun. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it was just I kind of want to prove to myself, and also prove. I guess it comes from you know I just took a different path to my friends, to my you know, to my some of my family and it's just something I want to do for myself and I and as I said before you get addicted to the speed you get addicted to the adrenaline the concentration and it's such an escape doing motorsport because when you're in the car you, you should be thinking of nothing else you're completely consumed by how you're driving how the car is handling 
um, what the stage conditions are in. If the rain that happened five minutes ago means the stage is still wet and you've got to drive in a certain way or pick out a certain line. Um, and then work in the family business. Um, it was to make sure that my family were successful and we could pay the wages to all the staff at the end of the month. Um, mm-hmm. And um, it was a different challenge because I still wanted to be the best salesperson and I wanted to be the best in what I could do with the motorsport. So it was just like kind of a bit of, it also the motorsport gave me a lot of confidence selling on the sales shop floor because you do get those people that do come in and they think, you know, for whatever reason, I think you can't drive because you're a girl or whatever. And I had that a few times, which is really shocking in this day and age. However, um, it gave me uh, reassurance in my own ability that I could, you know, talk the talk if that makes sense yeah. so they kind of complemented each other and then I was really lucky and a few years went by and the year before Covid so 2019 um or actually no it was the end of 2018 I got a call from Jaguar to ask to drive for them and take journalists around rally stages and show them how to drive which was absolutely amazing <laughs> opportunity so I took that phone call in the dealership and they're like hi this is Jaguar for Jade and obviously in the Honda dealership it's like why are you calling um, <laughs> and then uh I, they're like can you come on Friday to come drive these people around and uh it was on the Tuesday and I was like hell yeah I'm taking the day off that's definitely <laughs> happened so I drove down to South Wales and started that journey with them so that was absolutely fantastic and I got to drive the car many times and even at Goodwood Festival of Speed which is a great great opportunity um I was just going to say you touched on it really briefly then Jade in terms of being a female in a typically male dominated space has there been any other sort of taboo or conflict in your career progression so not just within sales but has there been any times that you faced that kind of you know conflict with other people I know I I said it can be a bit difficult being a female in the sales environment I think maybe it's because I think I find difficult at first simply because getting people to take me seriously being slightly younger I think Mm-hmm. was an initial challenge um I think more so than being female actually if I'm being completely honest because I remember the first time that I was getting to know the team when I was driving oh hang on I should be careful here I don't I'm very grateful for the opportunities I have but I remember having a day with a certain team early mm-hmm. on in my motorsport career and I had to really I, I don't I didn't have the experience and I was obviously slightly naive because I was so young coming into it um compared to the other drivers that were there and they had concerns that I didn't have enough experience or um, that I was going to make mistakes. And the thing is, um, yes, that could be right on one hand. And you do need to be aware that when you're driving flat out, obviously there's plenty of dangers around you and, you know, you can crash. You can, you know, it does happen. And luckily I've only had that one accident, you know, in my career, which I'm very lucky to have just had the one. Um, But um, I had to really I was really just kind of a bit flabbergasted and was thought, mm-hmm. why are they telling me that I can't do this? They haven't seen me, you know, even in a race yet. So how are they judging this? And they were very patronising, condescending. And that mm-hmm. really, to be honest, has fired me up for the rest of my career to be like, I'm not taking any, I'm not taking no for an answer. And interestingly, they're the ones who made the mistake and, you know, caused issues. Um, so it's been a bit of a motivation rather than like a, a drawback for you. It's actually like yeah, giving you the definitely. boost to, to to prove them wrong. Yeah, and to be honest with you, that was in that was very early on, and I've only had it once. The rest of my career, I've been so like everyone's been so welcoming. With motorsport being quite male dominated, you think, oh gosh, it's going to be hard. But there mm-hmm. has never been a point when someone said, "You're a girl, you can't do this ever." Like motorsport is fantastic because 
females and males they compete on the same platform it's an equal playing field and um it's open to everybody it's just very much the cost involved which is the biggest um wall and barrier with motorsport because it's so expensive in the showroom work is my day job that's where i did get the most kind of um can you drive comments or like (laughs) is there a salesman or you know like it didn't happen much but I was always quite I think it kind of drove me on to make sure that I knew the most I possibly could because I didn't want to ever be in that circumstance where someone could catch me out and not knowing something so I always made sure I knew my stuff when it came down to the specifications of the car you know the power what um what was included in what spec and just made sure that was super up to speed because I did find Mm -hmm. sometimes people tried to catch you out however poor salespeople do have a bad rep in car showrooms maybe it's um, maybe it's not but (laughs) can be seen as evil people sometimes so then maybe it's just that that as well so not all salespeople are bad especially uh, in all i think i think it's funny that the the ones that you've received the most grief from are the ones that are the most inexperienced you know the ones that are the professionals when you're going to these professional teams of racing you said they're the really welcoming welcoming ones but you've got the ones that are in the dealership giving you grief you think well obviously you don't know what you're talking about because everyone else trusts me it's just you've come in here and made a flippant comment that's just nonsense it's funny though because like you're a salesperson and they're like oh so can you drive and like are you sure about that or like are you you know if you go to appraise somebody's car they're like we'll be careful it's quite powerful and you're like oh god but it's just yeah but it's funny isn't it but I think everyone has preconceived ideas and it's up to you how you can present yourself and do the best you possibly can it's not their problem if they don't if you know if they've got preconceived ideas that are incorrect you know you can just make the best of the situation you have yeah yeah my next question that I've, I've got and i'm quite curious about this one is sort of how do you how do you practice in terms of you said you do rallying you do karting you do lots of different things um like you know for example if i'm a runner which if anyone actually sees me in real life you realize i'm not a runner you know i can just easily get, get, get outside and, and go running for example but you know when you've got these high performance cars on that where, where do you find the the not not the time but where do you where where can you train so it is um it's not as easy as you say with running you can go and run <laughs> yeah. um that's great and i'm trying to do more at the moment you can keep well actually saying running and um, fitness is a massive thing to make sure that you're sharp and prepared so when you sit in a car at a moment's notice you are fit and ready because that can really be the um difference with a couple of seconds a lap or on the stage because you've got to be able to manage your um your energy because races and rallies can be very long and you need to make sure you're on your game all day and you don't start to peak towards the end because that's when you can make mistakes so your fitness is a huge thing definitely um you have to be on your game with that i mean I'm not as fit as, you know, you've probably seen at the moment on um, social media, the Formula One teams are posting a lot about their the um, routines that their drivers are having to do. And that's crazy how much they have to keep fit. So I'm not quite on that level for sure, but I do my best to make sure that I can jump into anything and make sure I'm strong enough because sometimes um, cars can be super heavy and I'm about to start my first um, season in off-road driving in the british cross country championship so and apparently they're pretty hard going i haven't driven the car yet but i've got to be ready for when i do um so fitness diet um and then you can uh, hire places to go and test so i'm fortunate um that my fiance 
Ross has got the Forest Experience Rally School in Mid Wales. Um, and you'd think that because he's got a, a rally school, I'll be able to just pop down there and do as many laps whenever <laughs> I want. But obviously, um, you can't because it's a business. And uh, unfortunately, it's more work than play. But that's just how it works. But um, he's hoping to get me down there a little bit more often than we've been able to so far. And uh, hopefully do a few more laps around there than I actually have. Because I think, although we've been together 18 months or so, I've maybe driven 30 40 laps around there whereas uh, you'd think I'd be there all the time but it's it's kind of you have to book places and then go and go and test but people also have simulators as well um it's not my preferred route because I can't feel what's going on I find it really Mm. like just a bit weird um but yeah people do use and my partner uses his oculus and um sim games and that does help especially with racing because you get I mean when I was racing more circuit stuff I did use that a lot to learn the circuits before I got there so at least I had an idea of what the corner corners were like and you know the length of the straights and stuff yeah uh, yeah because I, I mean as i say it's all my, my level of motorsport to be honest is sort of capped at uh the formula one um and, and watching them guys i didn't realize how much um that they had to go into the gym and train and that, and that was sort of oh, yeah. going to be like my, my question to you you know as you've answered but you know what level of fitness do you need? Because, you know, I guess rather naively, I was just thinking, well, these people just jump in the car and they race and it's all down to your skill. But as you said, you know, there are a lot of fitness things that you need to consider. The Formula One has been so good, actually. I've, I've loved watching it, especially that when they first came back after COVID. It was just mad. I think there's just so much, like, angst and right, readiness to get back behind racing. It was brilliant to watch that season and um, have to see what happens with Max Verstappen. So I'm excited about that, if you've been watching it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just a just a little bit. Whilst I whilst I've been thinking of it, um, whilst it's popped into my head, obviously you're, um, I would obviously class you as an expert in in racing and um, in all the various motorsports that you do. But would you say that that normal civilian driving you're good at that, or is it the, the, only, the, only, reason, the only reason I ask that is because I, I watched say um ages and ages and ages ago. There was I think it was Mister and Mrs. And I think they had a David Coulthard on there, and he admitted that he was like his wife was a better driver than him because he said he just cannot drive um, on the roads normally. He said he he always wants to go fast. He's always looking to to overtake and do this and that. So do you, do you find that you're able to sort of switch off? And... Um, I have to say I can't say I'm, I can't profess to be a complete expert in racing as much because I've I've not done it for a while now, but rallying more so. But still got a long way to get to the top for sure. But um. I, that's really funny that you asked that. Um, <laughs> so I have to wear glasses when I'm driving. And right. if I don't wear my glasses, that is an issue. Like, <laughs> So if I'm ever driving along, um, my partner's sitting next to me, when my friends are sitting next to me, I'm like, oh God, I haven't put my glasses on. That's like all panic stations. Like, <laughs> glasses now, um, because yeah, um, I have to have them. So yeah, um, I think because drive because working in a dealership, you have to drive different cars all the time, yeah, and also a lot of the time you have customers watching you drive, um, <laughs> so you have to be super careful and also make it look very easy to park the cars that you're trying to sell them. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so don't tell anyone that trick of the trade. But um, no, it's just I don't know. Hopefully, I'm a good driver. Please don't ask my like brothers because they'll totally slay me. Yeah, um, they'll say they're clinging on for dear life as you as you go to oh, pop to the shops and Tesco's. <laughs> my poor mum when I was learning to drive. Me and my dad couldn't go out together because we just argued too much. Um, but my mum, every time I got in when I was learning to drive, she had to hold on to the the handle. <laughs> That's <laughs> every driver's pet hate, isn't it? When like the parent or someone holds that oh. little handle <laughs> when you go around a corner. 
it's all well actually to be fair to her like I was cart like just learned cart at the time I was, I was as I said I was carting for a few years and it was the weirdest thing to get my head around because you're in a cart you're in the center of the cart whereas mm-hmm. in a cart you have this extra space to your left and it's like getting your your head around that spatial kind of awareness thing that was weird and also people coming driving towards you I remember trying to get my head around like buses coming towards me because <laughs> normally on a race circuit you're going one way <laughs> Of course, yeah. yeah. (laughs) No, that's really interesting. And a question for me then, and you touched on it briefly, but have you ever experienced burnout just from um, the adrenaline and the amount of pressure that you've you've got, like you put on yourself, not only from working, driving? Um, As I can imagine, like when I'm, just to give an example, when I'm like driving on the motorway and I'm really tired, I feel like it takes so much energy to, you know, really yeah. stay focused and you can't switch off for one second because it's like, it is literally life or death. You you have to be focused <laughs> at all times and the adrenaline that you feel must be quite a lot. So I was just wondering if, yeah, from your perspective, has there been any times where you faced uh, either a burnout or how do you prevent that from happening? Um, so there's two ways to answer that question to totally get what you mean. So literally in the sense of getting too tired or whatever. When I had that accident in when I was um, rallying in the Motorsport News Championship, mm. um, we were pushing really hard all day. I hadn't eaten breakfast, I hadn't eaten properly, I hadn't drank properly. Mm. And I bre- blame that to today, not having good food in me because my energy levels dropped and my concentration dropped. So ever since then, how many years ago that was now, I've always made sure that I drink the right stuff, I eat the right foods, um and make sure that I'm ready in that sense because I think for whatever reason I just didn't eat properly that day and that honestly made such a, a big difference and obviously resulted in me crashing the car so um I said that was a number of years ago now so I've learned from that and that was one of the best like lessons to to yeah. learn really although it was done in a great way um yeah, and then, <laughs> yeah I was a bit crap there but um <laughs> yeah um and then actual like with managing stress with my like to balancing like career with the family business and with the motor racing um I did get to a point at the end of the um Welsh Tarmac Championship where I was kind of making myself ill a little bit because I was mm. literally just never switching off from putting that pressure on myself to do well at work well with the motorsport trying to keep a social life trying to keep a relationship going trying to keep my fitness up um I got to the point where I realized I couldn't eat properly um I couldn't sleep properly and um actually I know this still obviously lockdown has been like the worst thing for so many businesses and you know so many people have been so poorly and unfortunate amount of um fatalities that's been happening because of covid but it made us all stop and I think that really gave me some perspective on um what was important and also just made me actually I had to stop you know you know we had to although we obviously on the background also thinking oh my god I hope the business is going to be okay is most sort going to start um mm-hmm. you know hopefully we'll keep everyone in in the business employed and make sure they're looked after and you know there was that big worry although it's my you know my dad's business I still felt very much responsible for that so that was obviously a big worry but at the same time I had to actually stop and breathe and go right I don't I actually physically cannot do anything to help the business today mm-hmm. I can't go racing what am I going to do you know it's like you had to physically stop and go actually we've got our health we're so lucky we can still afford to pay the mortgage we can still you know we've still got business going we're really really lucky so I think actually lockdown kind of stopped um so that actually I feel a lot better in myself having had that slightly different mental change mm-hmm. um I mean I didn't I didn't stop, like we literally had maybe like a week or two before I had to get back straight back on it again to try and make sure that the right messages were going out to customers and 
um, I started a podcast as well, um, mm-hmm. the Motorsport Now po- podcast, to keep me um, in touch with motorsport. But to answer your question in a very long-winded way, I'm sorry I waffle so much. Right now. <laughs> no, 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 it's <laughs> really good. <laughs> but that kind of gave me a bit of perspective and kind of, I think, stopped the burnout. And yeah, although it's yeah. stressful again, getting back into, we've got a few more businesses we're taking over, um, another... I can't actually say what else we're taking over, but it's uh, another motorsport orientated business and opening up another um, motorsport venue, um, the Motorsport Lounge, which is a, a motorsport themed bar in North Wales, which would be really cool to start. Oh, brilliant. Different... Yeah, it's really cool. It's like a different venture. Um, but um, And then also taking on another manufacturer with the dealership. So it's there's so much more going on. I'm starting to feel like the stress again. <laughs> starting to build again. However... I'm just really grateful to have my, my health, my family and my friends are all well. And, you know, fingers crossed everyone gets out the other end of this pandemic. OK, yeah, it, it does put it into perspective, doesn't it? It gives you a bit mm-hmm. of a break to take a step back and think, OK, what's actually important? What do I enjoy? And yeah, it, it just seems like you've you've taken that um, that take that well earned break by the sounds of it. Um, just one question as well before we move on to your podcast. So you mentioned that you unfortunately had a crash, had an accident um, and you don't have to go into it in too much detail, but in terms of coming off the back of that and actually carrying on and being successful and, you know, getting up and actually continuing doing what you love, how did you find the motivation to do that? And what tips would you give? Just not in terms of, um, don't have to even relate specifically to motorsports, but I'm just trying to think in perspective to um, someone that might have had a bit of a knockdown in their career or um, be rejected at a job or or in a hobby or something um, and they want to find motivation to you know carry on what what kind of things did you do what steps did you take to to really push forward um well I probably shouldn't have made such a big deal about a crash because you don't want to seem like you crash all the time in motorsport but it's true <laughs> it happens <laughs> <laughs> you only had like that one big one but um um the tips I'll probably give well for me that actually when it happened I was more annoyed than like shook or you know I didn't ever think for a second I I didn't want to get back in the car like mm-hmm. I I made sure that my my navigator was okay and she was totally fine and the car was repairable and no one was hurt luckily so it was um I was just a bit annoyed that it happened I thought I'd be able to you know I was just a bit annoyed um which is a bit of a weird thing to say um but I think the fact that I didn't have that hesitation of oh gosh I'm scared or you know I'm worried you know I knew that I just didn't even think for a second that I wouldn't continue so I guess mm-hmm. I was still bought into what I was doing I still wanted to do what I was doing I think if I and that moment I thought oh gosh this is a bit unsafe or this is a bit of a worry then and I shouldn't be doing this then I you know I maybe I may not be doing it again today because you know with the correct with motorsport it is dangerous and there is that factor and that's one of the reasons why it makes it so exciting so it's one of those things to take into consideration but um tips on to getting past a hurdle I'd probably say like make sure that it's something that you generally care about and it's something you want to do and you're passionate about and not what someone else wants you to do mm-hmm. because a lot of people do question sometimes whether it's my parents pushing me into it because my dad has always competed in it but having had lockdown where you couldn't do it I think it's maybe realized how much more I do want to do it and I do want I have got some goals that I want to achieve and there's some boxes I need to tick to make sure that I don't look back when I'm 80 years old and go, oh God, I wish I did that. Mm. Um, so do something you love and you care about and your passion with. Stick to your values as well because um, people may want to change you or being on social media, you might get addicted to that, getting those hits and getting those likes and, you know, just trying to get that feedback or security in yourself that people are liking and sharing and things. 
just stick to what you want to do and make sure it's you know what what stands for your own self um I'm getting back up again I think sometimes you can get overwhelmed because sometimes again through the social media everyone else looks like they're having a great time mm-hmm. but it's so tailored to showing only the good bits take small steps at a time don't try and take on the world in one day it just doesn't happen do the small stuff that's important and prioritize look after yourself and the rest will follow I think I don't know it all but that's just from my own experience that's what I would say no definitely so you touched as well that you say your dad was um uh, also a racer as well um so lack of a better term so obviously when when he was racing when he was in his career obviously he just I guess had just himself to worry about when he was in the car has he ever said what he, he gets like when he watches you race? Because obviously he wants you to do well, but does his parental instincts kick in saying, oh, just don't, oh, I can't watch it because I get nervous or anything? Or is he going, go on, go, go, go? Uh, Dad's just like proper competitive. So, right, okay. <laughs> um, so I, I don't know. He's always just been like, I think thinking about getting the best out of me and the car and the team. And he's dad's super, super competitive. And he says he's going to retire from rallying instead he's going to sell his rally car every single year since I can remember but he never has um so he's just I guess he's there's a thing called um I don't know if it's a proper term but karting dads when you start competing in karting you have these (laughs) crazy parents on the side literally like (laughs) yelling at their five-year-old child to make sure that they become the next Lewis Hamilton um and although he's been competitive he wasn't that bad so I can't say he's completely crazy um and you do see parents like getting into fights in the paddock and stuff like crazy but um yeah oh man (laughs) I don't I don't know if there's this a YouTube video that went viral last year about some kid who's like got punched. But anyway, anyway, I won't focus on that. That's not all. <laughs> Motorsport is very nice and everyone's lovely. Like everyone got done really well. But it's just sometimes people do get carried away because there's so much money involved and such a high pressure adrenaline sport, you know. Um, but no, he's always very supportive. My, I did have a, a little off when I was in karting. Um, ended up in the ambulance. I said, I, honestly, I promise I don't crash much. I really don't. <laughs> <laughs> comparatively um but I was maybe 16 and I ended up in the ambulance but luckily my mum didn't see and she was like where is everybody and then she found me in the ambulance but she was totally fine I think just because my my dad and she saw I was walking talking had a bit of concussion but it was okay I think maybe as well because maybe he'd done it before he sort of knows I think maybe if my mum was watching me I think she'd be a bag of nerves you know that's the give Helen the, the gin and tonics just to calm her down but maybe because you're not around <laughs> it for quite a long time she, she might sort of I can understand the risks and that maybe he does but just doesn't want to say because I think if you worry the driver and the, if you're driving and you start to worry about accidents that's when you really shouldn't be doing it because yeah. otherwise you'll just be lifting in all the wrong places and breaking in the wrong places and yeah that's just it does happen it's kind of like a thing that happens obviously try not to but when you're trying your absolute hardest and you're going absolutely flat out you know things do happen don't they very true yeah 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 I'll, I'll remember that when I'm on my way to Tesco's tomorrow you I'm be careful driving <laughs> pedestrians aren't on rally stages hopefully otherwise you're in the wrong place but no I have to honestly you have to be super careful because obviously like with I always be very I'm very careful because I've got to keep my license because otherwise I won't be able to drive during the events so no be very safe when you're driving around schools and High pleasure near it. There you go. I'm telling you, what, great telling you off already. <laughs> okay. Yes, sorry, sorry, I'm sorry for that. 
so brilliant so just moving on slightly um jade you mentioned that you've started a podcast quite recently or in the in the lockdown so similar to joe and i you know taking this perfect opportunity what better time um and there's nothing much else to do um to start up a podcast so are you primarily focusing on motorsports or what are the kind of topics you are discussing or were you discussing and, and what kind of inspired you to start a podcast Thank you. I feel really mean for talking about this because it's on your podcast. Isn't no, it? I like it. It's, it's great. I mean, you're the first person that we've interviewed that has also got a podcast, right? And yeah. it's quite nice to hear other people's perspective on, you know, what was your inspiration, your motivation behind actually starting one up. Like sometimes it, it's different to us. So, um, yeah, might just useful to hear your side. Um, so it was when Boris was doing his first talk and we were all like panicking that, you know, about COVID and I thought oh my gosh we can't do any rallying can't do any racing can't do any motorsport um what can I do and I thought oh my gosh I'm going to find out what everyone else is doing I'm just going to because you know you do talk and it's most sports a small world really and, you, and I thought right I've got a few contacts I'm going to start interviewing people and seeing what they're doing um so I literally have interviewed people that have sat with me as navigators so um from grassroots um I try and get a lot of girls on it as well I try my best to get that I've had um Louise Aiken Walker and she was um one of the most successful rally drivers um from Britain and also the, probably the most famous um and successful female rally driver in the UK. Oh, wow. um, and also uh, Karen Chandock, the ex Formula One driver and Sky presenter, Matt Neal, the BTCC touring car driver. Um oh, who else have I had? I'm gonna have an absolute blank now. Um yeah, some great people and it's been really interesting just to see how they've been getting on and what they're doing and Oh yeah, um, yeah, Jonathan Williams. He was as in Williams F one, the family behind that, and some of the oh, wow. the drivers in um, JWRC, Junior WRC, and um, yeah, that was that was a really good opportunity actually, and it kind of opened the door. I thought, do you reckon I can try and do this actually for real on TV? So I messaged um, James Ponton from BBC, and he was really great and responsive. Because I did, he did a program on me a few years ago, and he's like, "Right, put a proposal together, and we'll try and get this on, on TV." And I managed to get um, it on BBC Sport on the on the web. Didn't unfortunately quite get to the TV bit, but I, we, I did my first presenting job um, with a program produced. Well, putting all the stuff together and pulling it together, mm-hmm. um, and that was released in December. So that's on BBC Sport um, about Wales Rally GB and why that's not coming back because the Wales Rally GB, the Welsh round of the world rally championship unfortunately got cancelled because of covid and it's not going back so i interviewed people about that just to see what their thoughts were so that was a great opportunity and just a a slightly different thing so it's involved in motorsport without actually driving it was just a different take on it yeah of course and it must be so interesting to get other people's experiences and views and just hearing other people's journeys and how you know it relates to yourself or how they've taken a different journey into motorsports as well that must be really cool yeah it's really good just to see how they've taken their paths and why they've done the things they've done because you can always learn from someone else it's always it's really good to listen and learn um and also put it across to non-motorsport people because um motorsport is quite a bubble and mm. you don't always know how it all works and it's it's not people's fault from outside the sport but it's just how the people inside the sport communicate to people outside it to kind of explain what it's about and um why people can get involved so yeah and it must be quite cool for you and your listeners right because it's kind of like you're taking on this learning experience and learning from the person you're talking to but also 
or your listeners or the people that actually tune in and want to find out more. So it, it must be quite nice from, from both its perspectives because, like you mentioned, it's quite a, a, a niche community of people that want to listen. Yeah, and it's just nice to talk to people outside um, an actual event because if you're at a rally or at a race or whatever, you it's kind of you're going, doing the next thing, next thing, and it's the next stage and you've got to get ready for it. So it's actually just nice to talk to people about their experiences, really. Yeah, because I, mean, I have to admit that the I was watching the um, that TV show that you mentioned, the, I, I'm going to butcher the name, but it was something like Young, Rich and Welsh or something oh, like that. Oh, gosh, don't. That's like... That <laughs> How, how did, so, how did that, young how did Welsh that and pretty about? minted. I'm not That's pretty it. minted, but yeah, it was changed. Like we did this program. It was like young Welsh and successful, something like that. And then they changed it like before it was aired. And I was like, oh my god, my sponsors are going to be really upset about this. But luckily, they're totally fine with it. So, so how did that? How did that come about? Because it, it was quite. Um, it was quite an interesting show. As I think the, the overall premise of it, they were trying to find young entrepreneurs or young um, people in the space that really excelled in certain topics so there was a couple of youtubers on there that um, there was also a couple of business owners as well and you also featured um, uh, just a little bit behind the scenes about yourself and uh, and your journey in that yeah I was very fortunate I'm super super lucky I've had just literally phone calls out of the blue um, just to get involved I think I try really hard to make sure that my website and my profile and social media is up to date and it's easy to get hold of me so if, if these opportunities do arise then I, I can take that opportunity and to be honest working for the family business although it's really hard work at least I can say look dad this is a really important thing for me do you mind if I do take this day and that isn't all the time that I do work very hard but um yeah um that's yeah they, I've just been really lucky and had a few phone calls and I've had that young Welsh and pretty minted I'm on with Hayley goes Hayley does um next month um and then I did that um feature for BBC Sport a few years ago which was just about the writing career and then the one that I put, proposed myself and then presented on which was released in December so it's just a different kind of um part of the experience for my motorsport and I'm trying my hand at commentating tomorrow there's a rally tomorrow so I'm getting Ooh. up ridiculously early going to oh, nice. a rally and hopefully it goes okay <laughs> so definitely taking my glasses so I can see what car it is <laughs> oh good luck <laughs> that's, that's really exciting it's a bit of a, a different a bit of a change different spin on it yeah well it's again COVID has kind of broke up that cycle yeah. of looking for the next event next event next event so this is again just something different to add to my repertoire and at least I've given it a go one question that we, I think I've got to start bringing you back, Hannah, because I think we've, we've, I've forgotten about it Go a couple of times. But, so you've had, you've, you've, you've just won uh, numerous races, you know, you stand at the top of a podium, whether, you know, you've just won a race, you've had a really long, hard day, you come home. What is your uh, drink of choice? You know, is there anything that you think, or oh, when I get home, uh, I'll pull myself one of these? Obviously, I just drink like green tea and water and um, <laughs> anything else. <laughs> No, this is where I should plug somebody and be like, come and sponsor me, please. <laughs> I think normally when we get back from rallies, it's just all absolutely knackered. And just after driving however far, I don't know, just like we tend to have like a debrief and like everything's gone well and just talk about it all. My mum always tends to get a Chinese and, and obviously as an athlete, inverted commas, you're not supposed to do anything that's fried. Um, but yeah, it's usually Chinese and like a few drinks. But um, yeah, it's there's just... No, there's no mad celebrations or popping the champagne open and then having a mental night <laughs> I suppose being a, being a driver though you can't really do that either yeah. can you you can't be seen to 
getting on the set like every other week <laughs> and, then, and then like and then getting in a car the next day like it doesn't Do make sense I, I didn't even think about that to be yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry, this is probably the mo- not the most appropriate question no i mean i love i love like going to events dude. i'm so excited because fingers crossed i'm going to the goodwill festival speedball this year i love dressing up and i oh, love having a, a few glasses of champagne definitely but um normally after the events i know it doesn't sound very glamorous but like you do the event and then you finish it like on a five o'clock on a Sunday and then you've got to drive back to wherever you're going and by the end of it because it's been such a mad mm. adrenaline day normally I just kind of not not crash a bit but I guess I do I'm just like thank god that everything went well really great for the opportunity and then get a good result and then it's like peeling off the race suit which is super sweaty and putting it into the washing machine um sorry for the glamorous detail um <laughs> and then you know I've I've you know I'd love to say we go out and go wild and go for parties but do you know we, do we don't although I must said yeah I don't want to seem like completely boring. Like I do love a good going out sesh, but has to be it has to be around like certain dates because if you've got an event coming up, of like course. I stop drinking. Um, because uh. I don't know about you, but I, I get two days hangovers nowadays, so I can't I can't um, be drinking around the season. So I've kind of sobered up completely for this um, the races that's about to start. So um, and and the thing is like I'm embracing that so much more because we've been deprived of motorsport for such a long time. I'm kind of being a I'm quite happy to be a bit of a gym bunny for a while. Yeah, well, me, me and Hannah, we drink like fishes. Um, thank, <laughs> thankfully, <laughs> we don't we don't have anywhere to drive. To. It's a luxury that we've got. But um, but no. yeah, it's you a know, local co-op is the the sort of furthest I need to drive to, so it's not too much of a problem. <laughs> Sounds great. But no, thank Jay. Thank you very much for for joining us um, today. I think hopefully our listeners find find this chat. Um, uh, sort of inspirational and I, I know I certainly have um, there's a lot of things that I've been making notes throughout that I can take away from this so um, wish you luck for, for the future season and yeah where, where can our listeners find you? So on social media it's at Jade Paverly Motorsport and Paverly is spelled P-A-V-E-L-E-Y uh, or if you just search Jade Welsh Driver Rallying or anything like that should come <laughs> up um, and then yeah and then my podcast is um motorsport now and that's on apple and spotify um and any other channels that you listen to so but I, I really thank you guys so much for having me and good luck to anyone who's listening to this who's looking to get inspired and do well in their chosen career path and uh, thank you thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast we hope you enjoyed it make sure to leave a five-star review on whatever platform you get your podcast from and check us out on instagram at the first quarter club see you next week